You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and with me as always, I've got Drake. But I think today we probably aren't locked on Seminoles. This is this is a hearkening back to the days of Knowles Anonymous, which was our first podcast. It was a support group for people currently suffering from Florida State fandom. It's still our Twitter handle, and it seems about as appropriate as ever because this this is probably rock bottom for i mean this would be rock bottom for anyone this is up there with florida and georgia state or georgia southern whoever the hell they lost to this is up there with that's literally it i got nothing i'm trying to find comparisons but this is the worst thing i've ever seen in my life as a florida state fan but the beauty is we got to wake up and we're still Florida State fans. We still love to talk. And we're still going to talk about Florida State five days a week, right through your airwaves. So y'all keep listening. We'll keep talking. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we can find some some way to come together over this. Drake, how are you doing, man? What do you what do you think? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay right now, Max. Um, I was probably in the same spot as you last night beyond no, any sort of understanding at all whatsoever oh then uh, yeah you were uh ironically actually i'm wearing for folks you obviously can't see because an auditory me- only medium i'm wearing a hoodie right now that says bottom feeders because the uh, miami marlins were called that and then made the playoffs unfortunately this is much more appropriate right now for where exactly is the floor state program right now as a whole which, which is by the way when drake mentions feeder. yeah sorry buddy i cut you off when Drake mentions we're an audio-only program, we're working on that. We're in the process of getting our YouTube set up, so that will be coming to y'all soon. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We have decided a couple of things. First, we've decided you need to go rate us, give us five stars, and tell us what you love about us. No matter how mad you are at the school itself or the football program or anyone that was on that sideline, we've also decided that we're not going to attack any players. If There's any players that you really hate their performance from Saturday night. And trust me, I've got a couple, by the way. We're just not going to do that here. The whole team sucked. They were all bad. The whole organization was bad on Saturday. They were horrible as a unit, right? That doesn't mean we're not going to analyze players. There are performances that need to be talked about, but we're not going to just sit here and spend 22 minutes beating up on our players because it makes us feel better. And we're also going to go with the goldfish rule, right? Not exactly five seconds. We're going to spend a few minutes and we're at about three minutes now talking about how much this sucks, how bad last night was, because I was texting with a buddy of mine. He had to drive back to Fort Lauderdale from Tallahassee. I know he was absolutely miserable. I myself have been in this situation. Situation probably would have worked just fine there too. (laughs) Uh, Where I was at. Yeah. Right. Where I was at the North Carolina state game in 2012. And, you know, we're not going to give you all sunshine rainbows. This is about as low as it can get. This is absolutely horrible. And it's, it's a pitiful performance from a program 
that hasn't done much other than pitiful performances for the past half decade. However, just lingering on that part doesn't really do anyone any good. So I think we're going to talk about the positives we saw probably tomorrow or maybe Wednesday. Today, we are going to talk about negatives, but we're going to try to talk about them in a constructive manner. Before I do that, I want to help you guys win a little bit more money than most people's picks did this weekend. Look, hey, not not just yours. Look, it was a bizarre weekend hey, in college football. <laughs> it, it was. And that's the other thing is, is we fell victim to we fell victim to a weird weekend. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about, you know, if there's solar flares or something like that. But if you watch college football for several years now, you know there are just certain weekends where stuff gets weird. I mean, you got Ohio State going down to Oregon. Do I think Oregon's a decent team? Yeah, sure. But Ohio State fumbled on their one yard line after like a four minute drive. They don't do that. Well, and then Oregon burns, what, three or four more minutes a clock and goes down and scores a 99 yard touchdown. That's the game right there, right? That's a 14 point swing probably. Uh, anyway, I'm not here to make excuses for anyone. Texas A&M went down to the wire against Colorado. Miami barely got away from Appalachian State. The difference is those teams held on and won their games, and we couldn't do that. But, hey, it is what it is. Guys, if you want a fun way to spice up your weekend next weekend and, you know, keep it going, check out Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. It offers college football props. And the way it works is that you pick two to five players. Uh, they each have an over under projection for do- a dozen categories or so. And that's your team. And you decide if each person, your team will go over or under their projected number in said statistical category. And then if you hit those numbers, you can win up to 10, 10 X on your entry. So it's just you, your little, you know, I guess we call it your squad almost two to five against the numbers. And I don't know, it's a lot of fun. Let's you watch all a, different games, especially if you have all five from different teams. It's a cool spin on daily fantasy and I think you'll like it. So go to prize picks. Uh, it's an app. You can download it in your, uh, in your app store, Google or Apple, whichever one you use. And we will have a promo code for you soon. Once we get that, we'll be throwing around free money, which is always exciting So check out prize picks guys. I mean, let's, let's actually talk about what we saw in the field because We can't just sit here and feel sorry for ourselves. We have to actually look at it as well. It was a football game. And well, we saw not a lot. Uh, We saw a weirdly bizarre low scoring football game. We saw play calling that didn't really seem to make sense at a lot of times. I'm looking through my notes and it's like, again, it felt like we were calling plays, not like we were calling a system very much Boise state esque from back in the day when, um, I forget the coach's name, but that was his thing, right? We don't, we don't have a system. We call plays. It's like, well, there's a reason 99.9% of successful teams run some sort of conceptual system. I, you know, it was just bizarre, right? Like it was just an odd game to watch. It felt like every time we do something good, they'd get like a third and 17 converted, right? But then you go and you look at the numbers and they were only, not only they shouldn't be 50% on third down, but they were only 50% on third down. It's a little high. I mean, not only that, though, like our players actually like by advanced metrics actually did grade out, especially on defense, pretty well. Like, like you're right. Like yeah, every our time defense took, looked great. Yeah. On rewatch. Took, 
Yeah, on rewatch. Yeah. And every time he took one step forward, we would take two steps back. And then the play calling, I think, with offense, I kind of harken back to it looks like to me that they wanted to have something on film for Wake to maybe, you know, for them to prepare for some extra stuff. The only problem is we're not good enough to do that right now against these lower right. tier teams. And we can't be playing with our food that early because then you get burned like we did yesterday, which is basically the, which is where most of my anger comes from. Well, and if it felt like they, they bought into the blowout too early. So you watch that game. It's they go, you know, Jacksonville state goes up seven zero. Then they're driving big force fumble ball comes out. We recover it. We go down, we score a touchdown right before the half. We make them punt. I believe. Yeah. We make them punt. Great return by Keyshawn Helton, which by the way, Keyshawn, that drop was atrocious. I fully believe if he catches that, we win this football game, but I really like him in the return game. We talked last week how I was really fed up with Travis Jay in the return game. And then that one where he didn't catch it and got us pinned on like the three was inexcusable. So they moved Keyshawn to returner right after that one, because you just, you can't let a ball hit the ground within the 10 yard line. That's just can't do it. And then he Keyshawn busts off a really nice return. We go down, we score a touchdown. It's like, all right, 14 unanswered points, you know, like let's come out half me, you know, it'll be an Alabama style thing where we'll go up 48. We'll end up winning this 48 to seven. And that did not come to pass. We let them hang around only scoring a field goal in the second half, which shout out to the kickers, 52 yarder. Well done. You know, I mean, it ended up not mattering, but well done with that. And yeah, it just, it just felt like we couldn't get anything going. You know, we get a good play. Oh, an eligible receiver downfield. Okay. Uh, something. Oh, that's a holding now, you know? Oh, that's a targeting. It just, there's so many penalties on both sides. What was that a hundred and or 230 yards of combined penalties between the two teams? There was like 23, I think penalties total. I think we had 120 and then they had like 130 something. It was basically, you know, how we wanted a glorified scrimmage. We, I mean, yeah. we got what we asked for. That basically, dude. I, I, I hate that old ref from the ACC. I don't know what his name is. I, I, I don't really learn refs' names. <laughs> the minute I saw him make the first call, I'm dead serious. I was like, this is going to be a heavily penalized game. And you know, you know the one I'm talking about too. I feel like everyone's seen him. It's just like, really, this guy. Like the, the flags kept coming out. I think the calls were highly questionable. I think. On both sides, by the way, the fact that they, you know, they got hit with an illegal receiver downfield on a quick slant. My buddy I was watching with is like, that was bad. That was a great, how do you even, how do you even get an illegal receiver downfield that quickly? Now, to be fair, that one, that guy ran straight at a linebacker and blocked him, but. So it does like he plays, I think two drives. Well, right. Now I will say, I don't want to get too off. I also hate that. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't want to get too off topic, but I think that that penalty needs to be re-examined. Yes. Because you already have a penalty for what you're kind of trying to avoid. And it's called offensive pass interference. If the guy runs up to that linebacker and blocks him and you decide, Hey, that's why the catch was made. We'll throw an offensive pass interference flag. They, they just, the way the game's going, there's so much RPO. There's so many times where I, I don't know how a lineman's supposed to know if it's a run or a pass. They don't, I, now should lineman be 50 yards downfield? No, but you could also make it where, you know, they get a little bit of a cushion if they're blocking and then watch for offensive pass interference. And if you throw to that guy, you know, it's a, you know, it's a foul of some kind of 10, 15 yard, whatever. I just, I, I think they've got to work on that penalty a bit. I mean, penalties just, I think that's one of the primary reasons why you see now with these like offenses are doing, I guess, a lot more on the defense because it ends up without receiving downfield. I think it rewrites very subjective of calling. 
I think with targeting is another thing with that. I think it's really ridiculous how it's a very, it's always up to the interpretation of the referee that's been calling it. It's to promote safety. However, I think in the implementation of it, it's not actually making the player safe. I think it's actually making the players try to do certain moves and sort of like sort of tackles that actually promotes, not promotes, it's, it leaves more harm to them actually trying to be safer, which to me is like, is a, is a, is a, I'm with you, man. And I, I think that the ejection is the part that drives me nuts. The fact that, we're not going to have Kalen Deloach for half of the game against Wake Forest is ridiculous. It's just pure nonsense. Here's the thing. At this point, you have deterred targeting as much as you could possibly deter it. People know not to do it. At first, yeah, you had to really crack down on it because that's how people were teaching people to hit. So you had to make it, you know, not worth it. To me, there is absolutely no reason they can't make it just like the NBA, where you have a flagrant one and a flagrant two. There should be, or, shit they've got it in football they have roughing and running into the kicker why can't there be two forms of targeting why can't there be a helmet to helmet where it's like look you led with your head you hit him in the helmet whatever that's a 10 yard penalty automatic first down now if you try to rip the guy's head off using the crown of your helmet as a blunt object to do so then that is a targeting penalty that's an ejection or in my opinion a first half a one half regardless of when it happens, suspension. But there's no reason they can't do that. Like, I just, I do not understand this weird, it has to be an ejection. No, I, I mean, I mean uh, yeah, I mean, the one thing that like, I've always been in the camp where I'm kind of like with you, it, like I think the NBA does a really good um, explanation, the, the way they do about, you know, personal fouls, like they, they do the technical foul one, technical foul two. Me personally, if it's like, Kalen DeLoach, I mean, that sh- to me should be like a 10-yard personal foul because he did, you know, not leave his head, but he did kind of go a little low with that, the way he kind of like launched kind of like a missile. You do have to flag that. But sure, to me, that's absolutely. Not, that's, but that's not an ejection. To me, that's... Just like against Notre Dame, you had to flag when we hit their kicker, but it wasn't a roughing. He didn't lay the kicker out. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's a five-yard foul versus a 15. Yeah, so like what I would do with that, like two of what Kalen DeLoach to me, that should be a personal foul. You know, you get one more out of the game. He does it one more time. He's out of the game and then you can suspend him. That's the other thing. You also already get ejected for two personal fouls. So if you make the incidental accidental helmet to helmet, a personal foul, you still only get to do it twice. So it's like all these rules are already like the framework is now there that you don't need targeting to be what you're making it. And it's ridiculous, but let's talk about the coaching in just a moment before we do that, folks. Y'all know what it is already. Y'all know I got to tell you about sweat block. This honestly is my, don't tell the other guys, but this is probably my favorite advertiser. I like that Bill Parr fills my tummy up and I like that it helps me hit the gym, but sweat block helps me hit the life. I mean, I actually wasn't able to apply it this week. I usually do it Sunday or Monday. I hit it last I guess I, I hit it the previous Thursday because I got weirdly off schedule. So I haven't done it in a few days. And I was in class this weekend. I was sweating. No, this was Friday too. So not because of the game. I was getting all sweaty. It was disgusting. I'm going to hit my sweat block tonight, actually. Guys, get sweat block if you're sweaty. It's wipes. You hit them once a week right after your shower. S- prevents your sweat. Not prevents, but like significantly lowers how much you sweat. And it's an absolute must if you're a big sweaty dude like I am. And when you're done with that, guys, BuiltBar.com. I almost feel like, you know, how do you even, how do you even not eat Built Bar? You know, once you start eating it, it's like, you don't know. 
It's just tasty. I don't know. It tastes like a candy bar. It's got 17 to 19 grams of protein. They're an essential for the house at this point up there with like toilet paper. Like if it ever happening where there's a toilet paper shortage, you'll also be hearing about a built bar shortage. Cause I'll be buying all these things to make sure I've got enough to last me. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked 15, snag a cool, casual 15% off your order. So real quick, man, let's, let's talk before we let the folks out of here about the coaching decisions. I know it's going to be your favorite thing to talk about. I have a few things I'd like to say. First of all, this is not a knock on Jay Sean Corbin, but I never want to see the Wildcat ever again, but I will let them do it once or twice a game. But why are you running back to back Wildcats? Someone, seriously, someone who watches football, please explain to me because that just seems like insanity. I, like, I don't think the Wildcat is an effective play to begin with. You're letting, first of all, we use it against Notre Dame. So twice, Jacksonville State had, clear, right, had clearly seen the tape on it. I think he, Jay Sean's a great back, but when you know he's going to snap it and just try to find the hole, it's not, it's not that challenging to stop. You know how I know it's not that challenging to stop? Because a team that got shut out by UAB and allowed UAB to score like 38 points stopped it several times. You got to have a gutsier call on that. Conversely, why in the name of all that's holy are you throwing a contested fade route on fourth down. Why is that your play call on the one down, the one there's one down out of four, 25% of downs. You do not get to keep the ball. If your receiver drops it and your solution on that down when facing that situation is to throw a contested fade route. The play calling was, it made no sense. There was no like clear we're calling this on first to set this up on second to do this on third, which is weird. Cause like I agreed with Drake's kind of knocks on the play calling to a degree against wake for or Notre Dame, but it did feel like there were a lot of drives where you could see the logic of, okay, this time it was like, they were just hitting the play, you know, on Madden, just oh, this play looks like it might work. Oh no, they they weren't doing the play on Madden because the play on Madden, typically speaking, you know, stops them a little bit. That's why it's called Madden suggestions. I, that's the box I check. But no, one of the big things with me, like like I said last week, I was not super happy by the play on calling against Notre Dame because I think we coached ourselves out of a win against Notre Dame. The Wildcat, to me, needs to stop. It's got to stop. Know, I don't know why you run a Wildcat with Corbin when you already have the best Wildcat quarterback in the entire country in Jordan Travis, and he actually has a threat to throw the damn ball. That makes no sense to me at all whatsoever. That's me shows that you don't have a complete understanding of the personnel that you have because you also ran the Wildcat with Lawrence Toafili, your smallest, skinniest that back. Was, that was, was so first dumb. It was so yeah, dumb. Yeah. And, I, and, and, I, then, and then another thing too, which is something you didn't touch on, I like Mackenzie Milton a lot. I do. He's obviously the better passer, the better thrower. But the identity of this team is not a passing attack. It's not a passing offense. Right. Why the hell are you throwing the ball 34 times, especially with, you know, a run here, a run there, and then you do a deep shot on third and eight, which is like 45, 50 yards downfield. That makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, and like, I'm with you, man. Yeah, I'm with you with the Keyshawn Helton. I love Keyshawn Helton, but he's not a burner like that. That's why you have someone like a parchment. And last year, you had someone like Terry. To me, Helton is the guy you go, what's, the, what's it called when you go five yards or seven yards out and then do a quick in like that? 
That's yeah, just, a, just a dig route. He's yeah, your dig me, route guy. Yeah. To me, that's your the perfect thing for that. Cause like typically if he's, if it's that, he's not going to be the guy over his shoulder doing that. That's not his forte. His forte is doing those tough contested catches, you know, like the game against Notre Dame when he caught the ball and got absolutely close in front of the back. No, I agree. And I think that's why we're starting on coaches. We can get to personnel later in the week because then we'll be a little more calm and able to analyze it a bit. But this is a coaching decision. I think here's what I think. I think, like I said earlier, they counted on the blowout too soon. I think they were trying to have their running backs on a pitch count. I don't think they want Jay Sean to get beat up, but dude, Jay Sean can run. I mean, holy cow, can that guy run? Like he's going to play on Sundays. I mean, he is something that I'll be honest last year. I didn't think he could be Trayshawn Ward can run. He's dude. He's awesome. Dude, he's awesome. You got to have a moment where you're going, Hey, we're really only up 17 to 14 or 20, whatever it was. Yeah. 17 to 14. We need to run like three drives as if the game's on the line. And it's just those two in the backfield. I put this loss directly on this coaching staff. I don't blame any of the players because I think that they were not put in positions to succeed. I think the wrong guys were running the wrong kinds of routes. I think the wrong guys were throwing the ball at times. I think the wrong types of plays were being called to Drake's point. We're a running team. This team should run the ball more, but the wildcat thing, the reason you have a good, a running quarterback back there and you run the read option, as we used to lament with Blackman, who was never going to take off and we'd still do it is to at least freeze some of the linebackers to give yourself some time. You have a guy back there that can easily break off any run into a touchdown. Why are you taking him out of the backfield and not at least making the, the guys go, Oh, hold on. We don't know where the ball's going. Instead, you're letting them just sell out on a run blitz against the, against the wildcat. So I think the message of today is wildcat. We never, ever want to see it. Please don't bring it back. This coaching staff is dead to me. No, I'm just kidding, folks. No, I mean, no, but they're I, on life support, but my patience is gone. Now you need to show yeah. me on Saturday. You need, cause if you don't win this game against wake, which no, no lie, I have no faith in you doing, but ironically, you probably are going to win anyways. If you don't win that game, you're going to, you're not going to see past year three next year at all, because this is absolutely, this is, there's a standard here from your own words to God's ears. There's a standard here and you're, you're not meeting at all whatsoever. Dude, I never want to get fired by you. Well, Folks, there's a lot we covered today. There's a lot we didn't cover. So keep rocking with us all week, Tuesday through the Friday. We're going to have Cam Lemons DeBro on this week as our Know Your Foe. He's a Wake Forest guy. He's a lot of fun to talk to, but that'll be later in the week. We're going to get to personnel. We're going to definitely, definitely have to examine some positions, and I'm looking forward to that. But I want to leave you all with one thought. I want you to think about how we felt the week after we beat North Carolina. And you're going to say, well, Max, we knew that was a fluke. No, you didn't. Not not a single one of you listening in that week, right? Maybe kind of knew, but none of you were saying that. No one was saying, your heart was telling you, this is it. Eight days later, we were like, yeah, I told you it was a fluke. (laughs) But try to remember what that week was like. This week is going to be the exact opposite of that. But that means it'll pass too. Something else will happen that'll make us totally forget about this upcoming week. But also, if outliers do exist on both ends of the spectrum, hopefully this loss to Jacksonville State is the losing equivalent of last year's win over UNC, where, you know, we beat a top five team and went on to have a three win season. And just because we lost this game, we don't start the rest of our games with negative points. I mean, by Vegas's standards, we won't start any of them with negative points because we won't be favored. But you get my point. Maybe we're going to turn around. Maybe we can go out there and beat Wake. We can beat Louisville. We can get on a little bit of a roll. Am I confident we can do that? 
Not really, but would it be cool to see us do that? Absolutely. And regardless, this should be, if you're listening to this podcast, a moment of, holy cow, it's cool to be a Florida State fan. And here's why. Yeah, it feels shitty right now. But as Butters said, the fact that something can make us feel this bad when it's bad means it must have been really, really great when it was great. So it may not be tomorrow, may not be next week, but we'll get back to greatness and we'll get to feel wonderful again. So if you're still a fan after that loss, you're still a true fan and I love you for it. Thanks for listening. I'm Max. That was Drake. This was Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. And as you open up, let's buy a ticket at night.